Good afternoon. This is the Healing Our Brokenness podcast, where we dissect problems and solutions that exist among broken people living in a broken world. And here at Healing Our Brokenness podcast, we believe that talking through our stories is the path that leads to walking through our healing. On episode 94, we had Black History Part 1, and I share with you guys a reading from a republished book that I did. I had written it five years ago, as I explained in episode 94, but just to kind of give a quick recap, I published, self-published that book in uh, 2016, and so in a couple more me- weeks, it's going to be the five-year anniversary, and I revamped the whole entire book and did the reading on episode 94, so if you missed that one, you might want to stop this episode and go back. For today's uh, Honor of Black History Month, uh, for Black History Part 2, I am going to do several readings of poetry, and uh Some of the readings will come from either one of three books that I've written. The first one is called My Blackness. The next book is called Surrendered. The third book is called Simply Grace. And then the other poems, I have not given um, a title to that particular book yet. So, but I am going to read uh, a few poems for you and I am hoping and praying that you find something in the poetry that is like a balm to your soul, something that resonates with you, uh, might be a come to Jesus moment. It might just be something that you need to help to get you through uh, the rest of this week. So without further ado, I'm going to do my poetry readings. stretch it like mother does when she sends us to the meat market 
I love looking at the scarves and the grease and the hair oil and the straightening combs and the curling irons. And let's not forget the blow dryers and the plastic caps that are made for hot oil treatments and keeping the conditioning in longer so we can get the kinkiness out. I love looking at the jewelry, trying to find the right pair of earrings, ones that express me, my personality, my blackness, my uniqueness. The next poem that I am going to read to you is entitled Hair Products. Where's the blue magic? Right here. I got coconut, blue, or green in the jar. Which one do you need? Not sure yet. Maybe I'll try Ultra Sheen. Right here. I got green or blue in the jar. Which one do you need? Not sure yet. Okay. Where's the less jam? Right here. Don't want too much flakiness on my edges. What products will I choose for my hair? Not sure yet. Just not there. Too many to choose from. This is what happens when you enter the beauty supply store for the black person's hair. The next poem that I would like to read to you is entitled Prayers. Saying those prayers at night as my mom tucks me in so tight, rubbing my back, singing those songs, saying those prayers. You know the ones that start, now I lay me, those prayers. And then you add to it, yes, those prayers. The ones that your mom taught you as a baby in her womb when it became unknown whether your life's path would have to resurrect itself from the tomb. The tomb called denial, betrayal, oppression. The tomb that our ancestors and forefathers fought hard to break out of. Saying those prayers at night as my mom tucks me in so tight. The last one that I'm going to read is actually a quick short story and it is called Harry Sandwiches Anyone and I said the last one that I was going to read but it's actually the last one that I'm going to read from this particular book when you're growing up black you know that there are certain things that call for a good time relatives visiting the north from down south and vice versa have a community that centers on food dancing and pressing hair as a kid, when my relatives from down south visited us Chicagoans, you could be sure there was going to be a good time had by all. My mom and my aunts would tell jokes and talk about old times like it was yesterday. I never grew tired of hearing the same old stories. On one occasion, my cousin Fifi came to Chicago and stayed with my grandmother for three days. At the end of her visit, we, and that is my mom, aunts, cousins, and I, decided that we would ride back to Memphis with her. Not only will we get a chance to visit with her while she was here, but she was going to press my hair at Mudia's Beauty Shop before heading back to Memphis. And I had to admit, Fifi pressed hair just as good as Mudia. Before leaving Chicago, I got my hair done. It was nice and slick and 
slick to my head and I was ready for Memphis. And I'm not quite sure why I had her to go through all this trouble, knowing that my hair was going to draw back as soon as I hit the Memphis sun. After Fifi finished pressing my hair, she decided she would make what the blacks call the best thing ever, fried bologna and cheese sandwiches with mustard and mayonnaise. One bite out of these sandwiches and you thought you were in heaven. The secret in making these sandwiches was making sure that the bologna was slightly burnt. That way, you knew it would be perfect. After preparing the sandwiches, chips, cookies, and drinks, we all piled into the car and were Memphis bound. After a few hours of traveling, the kids were dying of hunger. One of the adults mentioned something about grabbing a sandwich out of the bag. I grabbed one sandwich, opened the foil, and took a bite. The sandwich tasted so good, but I thought that something did not quite feel right on my tongue. The texture of whatever I was tasting was not that of bologna bread or condiments. I tried to ignore it, but my gut told me that something was wrong. I opened my mouth and then pulled out what was partially chewed, only to find a small ball of hair with a string coming out of it. Ew! Do I tell the adults or do I keep it to myself? That was the question of the day. I decided I would not say anything at all. It was just one sandwich. I opened the bag again, partially opening the foil for each of the other sandwiches. They all had small balls of hair in them as well. Cookies, chips, and juice sounded more appetizing. It was a long, hungry ride to Memphis. To this day, I do not remember if I ever told anyone in the car about the sandwiches or if they found out on their own. However, the moral of this story is never press hair at Muddy's Beauty Shop and prepare food in the same location. It could turn out to be a hairy experience for all. The next book I'm going to read from is entitled Surrendered. He speaks, he speaks, but where will it be? In a message, in a song, or the birds in a tree? Will it be in the coolness of the wind blowing at night? Will it be in the calmness of the crickets singing in flight? Will it be in the morning when the rabbits talk to squirrels or the monks tunneling through grass and the robins dancing a twirl? Will it be in the waves that are splashing on the beach or the smiles of the saints as they're waving high to me? Will it be in the sun that is setting in the sky or the swans overhead that are reaching by and by? When he speaks, will I hear him? Same voice as before? Or will it be with great trumpet, all of that, and even more? The next poem is entitled, Recovery. It's recovery, it's recovery. It requires lots of discovery. What I think, what I feel, what my body tells me is real. I'll be still. No, he's God. Do the work, though it's hard. It's recovery. God is there. 
and this discovery, I'm aware. And the last poem from this book that I'm going to read is entitled Reunion. They left me for dead, but sold me instead. Endured being in chains as favor surely reigned. Became second in command to the wife wanted my hand in charge of the prison. No release. Just a decision till the king had his dream. God revealed all the means. God gave all the credit. My life story had an edit. Then my brother showed up in hunger. Couldn't take it any longer. Told all the servants to leave the room. As I cried out, deeply woven in mounds of gloom. Hugged them deep and cried so long. Filled our souls and showed up strong. The reunion wasn't expected, but God's grace had it protected. Okay, the next series of poems I'm going to read is from a book that is entitled Simply Grace. I am the vine and soul. Is it time? That is the name of this first poem. The deep wet dirt of the earth pulls me in as my little coral bells are just dancing in the wind. Then the dear clematis vine, he shouts loud with his trumpet from the east to the west. You don't miss his triumphant. I am the vine. You are the branches. Just trust in me. I'll take you through the trenches. Parts of my vine are tied against a trellis, and then part of me rests on the earth where this mess is. Then the dear clematis vine, he shouts loud with his trumpet. From the east to the west, you don't miss his triumphant. I am the vine, you are the branches. Just trust in me, I'll take you through the trenches. Then the husbandman gives orders to the dear clematis vine. It's just not the hour. It's not yet the time. I wrap around the hucheras, the hucheras, the color of wine, and I pray in the garden till bees of sweat so entwined. The husbandman calls out, it is time for the trellis. I will send them relief through a comforter where this mess is. Then the dear clematis vine, he shouts loud with his trumpet. From the east to west, you don't miss his triumphant. I am the vine, you are the branches. Just trust in me, I'll take you through the trenches. My next poem is called I'm His, and that poem deals with identity. And sometimes, uh, even when we think we've got a down pack, the devil will come and run a muck on us and have us to question everything all over again. And that's when we have to speak words of life over our souls to get ourselves grounded. So the name of this poem is entitled, I'm His. Who am I? Who am I? I am a child of the king. Did you see his right hand? My name's printed with a ring. Who am I? Who am I? I am a princess and a daughter drafted in royal priesthood in his image and his order. Who am I? Who am I? I am promised that I'm his. 
He's my maker and my husband. He's my counselor and my friend. The next poem that I'm gonna read is called Cries of the Heart. I cried, I cried from all this trauma. Oh my dear Lord, did I need any more drama? Oh, my dear child, please come close. Just draw near. Let me whisper a little something in those precious little ears. I have plans for you. Plans to prosper, not to harm. Meditate on my word and you'll never be alarmed. For this trauma is a thorn. is a thorn in your flesh. But it's also a gift that will put you to the test. For the things that I show you are great things from above, not vanity or conceit. They are given to you with love. And the last poem that I'm going to read from this book is entitled Empathy, Empathy. Empathy, Empathy is not the same as sympathy. I understand just what you're feeling. Not sorry for, it's not the willing. I sit with you, you sit with me. It's empathy. Now can't you see? Oh yes, I feel just what you feel. It's not a matter of the will. I will not rush your pain at all. In life, we all must feel the fall. I laugh with you, you laugh with me. We cry and cry. Tear tears, tears are free. Empathy, empathy is not the same as sympathy. Okay, so the last group of poems that I'm going to read are not in any book yet. I have recently um, written these poems. The first poem is entitled You're Black. And You're Black is basically confronting the racism that we deal with as black people in the workplace. Uh, unfortunately, when it comes to racism uh, anywhere, our blackness, our skin color, trumps what other people say and think about us. And so this poem pretty much uh, dissects that issue. And once again, it's entitled, You're Black. You're Black. Your dignity and integrity, self-respect, not kept intact. Because you see, your skin erases all those things and all we see is lack. I'm not complaining, emotionally draining. And with my service, I give back. So wash and rinse and dry again and just absorb those facts. The next poem is dealing with hair. And with black folks, hair is a part of our culture. It is a part of our blackness. It is a part of our artistic expression. 
Hair is a part of who we are as a people. And this one is called My Hair is Nappy. My hair is nappy and kinky. Don't you see the bees in the back? I don't look pretty, look crazy and silly. Matter of fact, these tails look whack. Your hair is beauty. It's my creation. Your hair, the glory. Pardon me. You queen from Africa, queen from sonship, queen from my identity. The next poem is entitled, Get Up Here. And this poem I wrote in honor of my grandmother, Madea. And my cousins and I would play outside all day long, basically till the street lights came on and we had to be upstairs. And uh, we had to be upstairs to get those dishes done. So this poem is about that experience. Get up here. Wash those dishes. We better hurry for my dip come down and blast us with those switches. Add the water, then the soap. Then pour plenty of that bleach till the smell reaches our lungs, becomes more like a leech. So that was get up here. And the last two poems are dealing with emotions. There's a lot of stigma in the black community around emotions. A lot of it uh, has come from post-traumatic stress syndrome, post-traumatic slave syndrome. Uh, but the stigma is about black people being strong enough where they can just pray their emotions out they don't need to go to a therapist, see a psychiatrist, or any of that. But as Blacks, we have to take care of our emotional and mental health as everyone else does and to uh, get rid of that stigma. And so the first poem I wrote was called Cry. Cry. Just cry. Just let it all out. You see, crying is a luxury from when slavery came about. Hold it in, just suppress. Don't you say a mumbling word to your wife or your kids as we gather them like herds. And the last poem is entitled, Black Folk Don't Do Therapy. Black folk don't do therapy. We pray and we cry. Yep, we cry in private, but in public, our tears run dry. Black folk don't do therapy. We're strong as a people. We just slay in the spirit till our prayers hit the steeple. Black folk don't do therapy. We just hope and we pray that our unhealed brokenness will up and leave us someday. Black folk don't do therapy. Because we think it's a sin. If we bring down from bondage, generations had to win. Black folk must do therapy because then we can negate every game that's been played against the enemy called hate. Black folk must do therapy till we break all devices that's been sown into seeds, then planted with preciseness. Black folk must do therapy 
so our kids will one day see that our growth, faith, and healing was a bicycle for me. I hope that you've enjoyed part one and part two of Black History. And that was my, both parts were my contribution to Black History Month. I want to thank you for being faithful listeners each and every week. And I also want to ask you that if uh, healing our brokenness is making a difference in your life, if you could give a shout out to us on social media, if you could subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, any of those channels. And then I want to give a shout out to Timothy Horton for bringing us our intro and outro music next week. Until next time.